This podcast is brought to you by the Dunfield Retirement Residence, a casually elegant retirement community located at Young and Eglinton in the heart of Midtown Toronto. Customized living options complement your independent, active lifestyle. Learn more at thedunfield.com. Yes, could I have one, please? Yeah, and fresh, not too overcooked. Perfect. That's what it sounded like last Friday morning when I stopped in at the Kosher Quality Bakery on Victoria Avenue in the heart of Montreal's Jewish community. Customers flock here every week ahead of Shabbat to pick up some of the Klein family's famous fresh challahs. Kosher Quality opened nearly 40 years ago, and it's a landmark close to the Jewish General, the Y, the Siegel Center, the Jewish Public Library, the Holocaust Museum, Federation CJA headquarters, and many Jewish schools, including the two schools where unknown suspects fired bullets at the front doors just weeks ago, actually twice at the Yeshiva Gadola and once at the Tomatora Elementary School. The bakery owner, Esther Klein, doesn't use the internet, but shares how she monitors the terrible news coming from Israel while she lives through what some Canadian Jewish leaders have called the worst anti-Semitic hate directed at the country's Jewish community that they can remember. Wait, you lived in Montreal your whole life? Almost. I was a little kid when I came. I came from Australia to Montreal. You saw the FLQ when you were growing up and the terrorists in 1970 and all that. You were here. Me yeah, too. Yeah, but, uh, How is this different for you when you see this? At that time, we didn't feel the anti-Semitism, which we do now. You're afraid to go into, uh, I don't want to say in the name of stores. You're afraid to go anywhere. You just want to stick around your neighborhood. That's a little scary. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, November 23rd, 2023. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. Although I was born and raised in Montreal, I'd actually never been in the bakery before because it opened after I moved away to Ontario in the 1970s to go to school. And I never came back. Many thousands of English-speaking Jewish Quebecers left, too, when I did, in response not so much to anti-Semitism, but to the fear that the Parti Québécois and the separatist movement fighting for a separate Quebec would be a bad place for Jews. So on this quick trip home, see, I still call it home, I visited my sister and my mom. They never left. On today's episode, I take you with me as I visit the city, not as a civilian, but with reporter's eyes, to see if it looks and feels different since October 7th. Of all the cities in Canada, Montreal has been the site of the most troubling anti-Jewish events in recent weeks. The Jewish Federation has pointed to this large pro-Palestinian rally that you hear near Place des Arts in late October as the catalyst that changed simple protests and flag-waving even though they were upsetting, to actual physical targeting of the city's Jewish community. At this rally, an imam well-known to Quebec police for his past ties to al-Qaeda reportedly called for wiping out Zionists and the Jewish state. Things began to escalate. Two Jewish schools were shot at, admittedly late at night, and the same with the Molotov cocktails that were thrown at a synagogue in Dollar de Zormo, and at a Jewish Federation building there. Nobody was there when it happened. Then a food truck owned by a Jewish restaurant got smashed, and Jewish businesses have been targets of boycotts. 
On November 8th, there was a daytime violent clash at Concordia University where people were hurt. You're, you're in our space! Jewish students who'd put up a display for the hostages scuffled with pro-Palestinian students selling kafiyas nearby. You can hear the security guards trying to do their best to separate the melee. One person was arrested on site that day. Montreal police have received 107 complaints about crimes against Jewish people and Jewish property just since October 7th. To date, one man has been charged in connection with the current tensions in Montreal. A 24-year-old suspect named Sami Shat, who lives in a dorm at the University of Montreal, appeared in court November 9th. He was charged with uttering death threats against Jews and Israelis, but most importantly, he's also been charged with two hate crimes against Jews, including denying the Holocaust. And he may actually be the first person in Canada ever to be charged under that new Holocaust denial section of the criminal code, which Canada adopted last year. He's set to come back to court in January. Bonjour, bienvenue à Terre des Hommes. Good day and welcome to Man and His World. When I was growing up in the 60s and 70s in Montreal, it really felt pretty safe to live a full Jewish life there. Sure, we had our own occasional brushes with anti-Semitism. I got called a dirty Jew once when I was walking to my piano lesson. Our high school received the odd bomb threat every so often. And our Herzliya basketball team, the boys' basketball team, used to get taunted by the Catholic guys they played against. But it's become a whole lot worse for Jews in the last 20 years since I left. Concordia and McGill are flashpoints for anti-Israel boycott resolutions by the student councils and the student newspapers. And in 2004, my old high school got firebombed. Now, driving through Montreal, I saw police cars parked near Jewish schools. Synagogues had concrete blocks placed outside to prevent suicide truck bombings. The communities received millions in funding in recent years from the Canadian Public Safety Ministry long before October 7th. That's paid for cameras and panic buttons and bulletproof glass and the like. But this spike in attacks against Jews here since October 7th feels different, a lot more scary. And demographics in Quebec have also changed since I lived there. The Jewish communities shrunk to about 90,000 people, but the number of Muslims has doubled in size in the last 10 years, from a quarter million to nearly half a million. And they outnumber Jews four to one. Our school, Yeshiva Godola of Montreal, has been the target of a terrorist attack. I say again, a terrorist attack. Jewish people I talk to are very concerned, even though the Quebec Premier and the Montreal Mayor and the Police Chief have been saying all the right things about supporting the Jewish community. I met Jamie Ross. He's a financial advisor and insurance broker with a son in college right now. How, how is it impacting your life? It's, it's been very frustrating. It's been challenging. It's worrisome. Uh, and I feel it in a real palpable way. I feel it every day. I have anger. I have angst. I, I can't believe what's going on around. I'm worried because my kids, one's in Dawson, one's at McGill, and the environment is very hostile to them. Uh, from my office, I, you know, we can see, I'm just on to carry, we can see demonstrations. And it is a real concern, and it's impacted me in that it's part of what I'm thinking about on a regular basis. So it's part of my daily life all of a sudden. Are people talking about that? in terms of we need to move out of Quebec now because of the anti-Semitism that's happened since October 7th? Is that a thing people are saying? 
I haven't heard that so much directly, but I have heard a lot of people who have never talked about, I don't know where I'm going to be. Uh, Some people have said to me, all bets are off. I just don't know what the future holds. Uh, And I can certainly tell you for for, for my kids, uh, this is not a real great place. Uh, you know, on top of being Anglophone and the lack of opportunities for them beforehand, certainly being the minority within that overall minority, and especially being Jewish minority with the anti-Semitism that's here, and that's percolated a thousand percent to the top, has been really worrisome. Like, are, are you worried about going to synagogues or going to any Jewish activities? Have you decided not to do things like that at all because of this? Or restaurants mm-hmm. or business? No, in fact, to the opposite. Like, when there were rallies, I had no hesitation in the fact that I had to be there. I needed to go. And so it's actually been a rallying point to the opposite effect right? There's more clarity that, no, this is who I am proudly. There are smaller things that are happening across Canada. What do you explain? How is Quebec different? I think it's the the, the population that has become uh, more prevalent in Montreal. That community, quite honestly, I think this is a problem that, for lack of a better turn of phrase, this was an imported problem, right? Listen, I am certainly not uh, pleased when I see the horrible things that are going on to perfectly innocent people and in that regard but I'll tell you something So they let too many of them in basically well, they didn't check who they were and... Well yeah, this is, this is the background I don't want to lead background. you That's why if you don't no, agree you but, can say No, and you know I, don't, I, I didn't want to come out and say it as, you know, as, as, as strongly necessarily you know, and I'm dancing around it a bit uh, and also, I'm not an expert on, you know, I certainly haven't delved in or done research onto the demographics, but I don't think, you know, it's kind of a common sense sort of looking at the situation. So, yeah, that's what I think it is, you know, um, and there has never been any check against that kind of attitude when it's, when it's shown itself in the past. You know, whenever things have happened in the past, when it was bad things at Concordia or these, or McGill or what other universities, when they had, when student governments were having these all, these different referendums and stuff, right, the school should have just come out and say, you're a student government. If you have a problem with student tuition, okay, you can have a referendum. Other than that, you know, what, what are you, a student government with a minister of foreign affairs? And, and they've allowed this, along with a lot of other things. And at some point, that's going to catch up. And so right now, we're in catch-up. You know, I'm a believer in it's never one thing. It's all of the things together. And when everyone was saying, well, this could lead to that, well, guess what? That is here. 
When it comes to security, Montreal's Jewish community has several hundred specially trained civilians who add an extra layer of vigilance at shuls and schools. For example, they challenge people to show ID if they're not regulars. The community also has studied security techniques from Europe's Jewish communities who have to navigate how to be safe while living among a large, very anti-Israel Muslim population. We all know that France and Belgium faced actual fatal terror attacks in recent years carried out by Islamic militants. But I was still surprised when I walked into the entryway to Montreal's Federation building headquarters and I interviewed CEO Yair Slack because visitors have to walk through the kind of metal detector that you see at airports. Your bags are screened too. I was assured that this equipment is not new. It's been there for a few years, but it feels like people are more aware of the threats now. Montreal is in the middle of unprecedented anti-Semitism. I grew up here. We remember the 1970s. I don't know if you're too young, but uh, how different does this feel than when Quebec Jews decided to leave and go to Toronto in the 70s when there was separatism, not anti-Semitism? How different is this now? I think the the short answer to that is that even as a, a Quebec Jew, there's nowhere to hide from anti-Semitism today. So separatism provided you an option. I could go here, I could go there, and I could find a different location to live my life um, and not feel the same type of anxiety from separatism. The anti-Semitism that we're feeling today, um, while... I would consider it uh, perhaps anti-Semitic terrorism happening in Quebec, where there's functional actions being taken against uh, the Jewish community. Anti-Semitism right now is global. So for us as a Jewish community, I'm not sure there's a safe harbor, right? And I think that's the difference. There's no escaping it. What there is is... Um, ensuring that we're strong, ensuring that we are uh, that we have the fortitude to 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 live through this. Because at the end of the day, we don't want to change our Jewish living. We don't want to retreat from Jewish life. What we want to do is make sure we can have a Jewish life in a democratic society that we live in, the greatest democratic society in the world, perhaps. Our responsibility is to make sure that the government is held account, that the law enforcement is held account, that they are the ones responsible for protecting us. And that's what we're working to do. And I will say, you know, and we've gone a lot deeper than your question. I, we started, uh, you know, separatism versus anti-Semitism, which I, I don't think they're comparable. But I think there is a responsibility in the rest of society at one point to say, whoa, this is not where we want to live. Because everyday Quebecers don't want to live in a society where anti-Semitism is something that is so easily uh, taking place on the streets of Montreal in, this, in the form of violence. I believe, and I, you know, and, and find me be, to be wrong, that the average Canadian, no matter where you are in this country, does not believe in this. Okay, and and that's not what that's not a life they want to live because at the end of the day, hatred is doesn't spare who you are. It comes for you eventually. We know that. Unfortunately, we're a polite, kind society. We need to stand up and say enough is enough. We're not willing to stand for it. And that's the responsibility of leaders in every community, especially the Muslim community. Why do you, sorry, why you send Muslims, I want to pick up on that. Why do you think it's um you said normalized or maybe you didn't, but why is it happening in Montreal differently than in Winnipeg or in Vancouver where there are 
protests and people saying things like from the river to the sea, but the physical city isn't an armed camp like I see out here where there's, you know, you walk into the building and you have to be screened. That We don't have that in Toronto. Nobody has that anywhere. I, I pray you never have to get there. Yeah. So what, um, what's different about Montreal, do you think? I, I, I Look, I don't, I can't put my finger on it. I, I would say, one, um, we have a, a, a very strong, uh, very large Muslim community here. You know, that doesn't mean that that's the reason. Um, there are very peaceful Muslims who live um, amongst us, and I believe the majority are. Um, I do believe there are elements of uh, of a community that are, are looking to incite hatred. Uh, we see it on campus. They are activists who uh, stay on, on Concordia and McGill campuses for 10 years, taking one course, and their entire modus operandi is to create anti-Semitism on campus. Um, but I, I, I can't put my finger on it. I, I just... I, I understand where we are today, um, and everything and everything that we've been kind of thinking about is is, you know, from a from a, our perspective of looking at how to secure the Jewish community was actually comes from learnings from Paris and from France and from Belgium and from England. That's where we have learned what how to look at our community, and that's how we've been preparing. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It's just we never want to be there, but we never want to say we didn't prepare for it, um, and we wish Toronto and every other province in this country never have to deal with what we've dealt with and we um, hope and believe that this is the last and, and should not go any further. We don't want to sit here uh, when this escalates, if this ever escalates. So what are the asks? I know that you've asked uh, for um, off-duty police officers that are armed um, and other things. So what if progress has been made on those files? I'm going to start with talking about where uh, things are working extraordinarily well. On a weekly basis, we meet with the chief of police, currently the acting chief of police, um, with all of his station commanders and all of his all of his captains. Um, we get uh, full reports of, of progress, um, and they are they listen to us very carefully. We provide them with information, questions, or um, insight in certain circumstances that they may not be reading into it. They've been extremely extraordinarily. Uh, receptive, and I, I will say that they have redeployed their uh, forces um, in a very, very intentional and determined way to show the Jewish community support and to create deterrence. There aren't many corners in the Jewish neighborhoods where you don't see a police officer, or at least a cruise, or some a, a cruiser, a, a police officer cruising around uh, on foot, on horse, on bike. They have been incredible. So I, I have to say that because that level of support has been extraordinary. I haven't seen any charges. Every other police force, Ottawa, so Kingston, they've laid we, charges. We also have to remember who the charges are, are sitting with. It's the prosecutor's office, not the, not the police officers. So you know for sure that's where the boondoggle is. We don't, we don't know of any arrests being made in terms of the, um, the shootings or the fire bombings. Those are open investigations. So th those that they're not talking about. But, but it's important to note that, that really the police has been quite extraordinary in, in their support of the Jewish community and are working towards, on every front, to, towards providing uh, arrests and so on and so forth. I will, I will also add, because you mentioned off-duty uh, police officers, not something that's available as a remedy in Quebec. We have asked um, the mayoress uh, to um, 
uh, to ask for it. Um, that would have to, of course, go into the provincial government, and but she has to make the request in order to uh, to do that. And there's a procedure, which I'm not aware of, but that there's a procedural issue that has to be dealt with. So far, no answer, and we are hoping to get a, another meeting with the mayoress next week to discuss. Okay, finally, I want to go back to something that you said earlier. You're saying you're getting your security policies and sort of inspired by the Jewish communities and how they're dealing in France, in Paris, in Belgium. What do you mean by that? Like you're literally consulting with them for techniques for, because that's quite interesting to me. Yeah, I'm not going to answer that. Mm -hmm. It's not an on the record conversation because we don't know who listens and we know that everyone's listening to everything. Yeah, that's actually even more scary. Okay, what message do you have from right here? Friday, it's Erev Shabbat. We're sitting in a Federation office in Montreal to our listeners across Canada who may not actually understand but have family or ties or maybe they don't really understand what it's like to live this moment in Montreal. How do you describe it for them? You know, I'm going to start off with uh, an email I just got from, the, uh, from my counterpart, the Jewish Agency for Israel in, in Jerusalem, uh, wishing me a Shabbat Shalom. We're sitting here um, entering week seven of uh, a war that was declared on the Jewish people. A war that's being fought in Gaza today, but started off with a massacre of 1,200 innocent uh, lives, um, 240 hostages, of which now two we know have been, whose bodies been found in Gaza, untold number of, of injured. We don't really the extents of injuries, the number of people I've heard that have lost legs and arms, uh, it's, it's extraordinary. Um, and I'm not even referring to the psychological trauma that we as a people have suffered, but especially Israelis have gone through. And yet I get, I get an email, and I'm going to get emotional about it, saying that they're sending their support and strength to us. And when you think about where the world is today, the Jewish world, Isn't it incredible that as we're sending our strength to them and worried about them and caring about them and, and supporting them with, 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 with fundraising for, for, for people who have been traumatized and everything that we're doing for that country because we know how important it is that the people come out stronger, they're sending us the support. So I think as we look as a global Jewish community, we can take something away from this terrible, terrible, terrible circumstance, this war that's been declared against us, um, and recognize that with all the differences that we create, it's when we're together that we're stronger, and that we are resilient, and we will get through this together because we're strengthening each other, and across the country, across North America, across the world, um, Jews will go into Shabbat, they'll light their candles, and we'll remind ourselves that there is a reason that we lead a Jewish life. And we must remember that. Um, and we'll be stronger for it. And this will be difficult and it'll be long. But our resilience, our fortitude, our strength at the other side will be much greater. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Recently, Ottawa doled out another $5 million for faith communities to pay for security guards temporarily during these tense times. 
But in Quebec anyway, these guards can't carry guns, which is why Montreal's Jewish Community Council, which represents mainly the ultra-Orthodox community with its network of over 100 Chabad and other Haredi schools and agencies and shuls, sent a letter to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau saying, this isn't enough. The Jewish Community Council's executive director, Rabbi Saul Emanuel, spoke to the CJN last week. The main reason for the letter is because you're all aware that in the last week, Montreal has had more incidents than they've ever had in their history against Jewish institutions. And when you have the culmination of one shooting at a school, which happened three days earlier at the very same school, obviously the security of the children who are the future of our generation due to the education, and the parents being nervous and people being scared to go to synagogues, people being scared to go and get to gatherings, people being scared to go to any event, and especially in a school surrounding, is a very extreme case for concern. And with this, we garnered the support of all these organizations to demand three things. Firstly, we appreciate the Minister of Public Safety giving us $5 million for the whole of Canada a few weeks ago in a new SIP project. However, $5 million to cover what is taking place right now and with the amount of institutions that we have is certainly not sufficient and won't address the needs of every single institution. So we're asking for more money at a time when it's at serious protection, bullets, bullets being shot through a school during the night where actually there is a dormitory in that school. And there were students in that dormitory at that time. We're thankful that nothing happened. But God forbid, it could have been a lot worse. At the same time, we're asking that the SIP project, which is the government project in order for institutions to access the funds, is extremely bureaucratic. Let's make it easier. Let's make them get access to the funds because we need it now. Right now is the threat. The third thing that our letter requests from the government is that we need many more resources. We need many more personnel. It is extremely difficult for a police force to be in so many places at so many times and at so many different times. It's impossible. So we're asking the government, bring more personnel. If you need to get help from the outside, help us. It's a daily threat. It's an hourly threat. It's a minute threat. People need help now. Bring the resources. So the petition is to ask for the government to take care of the security, to secure all, our, all of our Jewish institutions. Meet 30-year-old architect Olivia Wiseman. She was born and raised in France. Then she moved to Montreal, where her mother's from, when she was in high school. On this Friday, Wiseman was actually heading over to Hampstead to spend Shabbat at her mother's. The heavily Jewish suburb of Montreal had the mayor recently announced that anyone who was caught tearing down posters of Israeli hostages would be fined $1,000. Wiseman launched a petition last week on Change.org calling for more protection for the Jewish community. Nearly 5,000 people have signed it already. When it hits 10,000 names, she'll present it to the Quebec government. The petition link actually says the Quebec army should come protect Montreal Jewish institutions. But realistically, at least... She feels the Quebec government should do more. How did you decide that's something you wanted to do? Where did you get the idea? So I'm not at all in 
politic. I uh, don't go to school more than uh, for the high holidays. I don't have kids yet in school. It just sounded, uh, it, it, it uh, seemed obvious to me to do that because of uh, what happened recently. I don't know if you heard about the uh, shootings that occurred in uh, those two Jewish schools. For me, a line was crossed at that moment. And then, uh, so originally I come from Paris where we have all the security in every Jewish school, in every synagogue. There's actually the army in front of all of these institutions. And when I moved to Montreal uh, 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago, I was actually surprised and happily surprised that here we didn't need that. That here we felt safe, the schools are open, uh, like even uh, the, the playground is on the street. Like it seems very... Free. You mean with no fence? Uh, everyone, like, it seems free. There's uh, little to no security in front of synagogues and people are wearing, uh, are wearing their kippah in the streets. It seemed very open and I liked that about this country. And uh, when uh, the shootings happened last week, for me, it, it was a trigger that maybe we're not in that safe place, safe place anymore. And that maybe we have to change mindsets, unfortunately. I wish I didn't have to, to start this petition. But uh, for me, this is an alarming situation. I think when like, sh like uh, bullets were shot in schools, in Jewish schools, I don't see uh, like something more clear to make us realize that there is danger and that people are, are scared to send their kids to school and that we should not feel scared as a community. We should not feel like uh, vulnerable. So what's the response been to your petition so far? So it's the first time I did this. We were actually speaking on the WhatsApp group of uh, the Chabad of my uh, old university. And uh, we were like, wow, it's insane, etc. And my rabbi said, yeah, I, like I want to start something uh, to, uh, how did he say? Like commission the army. Uh, no, je sais plus ce qu'il a dit. We were all talking about it, how that was crazy. And I was like, this, it seemed just easy that we... We need a way to reflect this. Uh, je sais pas comment dire en fait, but I, I don't know if. Same. Il fallait prendre des mesures en fait uh, pour uh, refléter cette situation okay, d'urgence. So okay, so you wanted to reflect the gravity of the situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I wanted to take action to reflect the gravity of the situation, and uh, my rabbi said, "Just start a petition." And I never thought of it. I never did it before. And it, I just went on change.org. I started in two minutes, actually, and uh, just thought a bit with my boyfriend about the writing, the wording seemed important. And then I just like throw a bottle in the ocean. It was also a way to see how people were feeling about the situation and if they realized what's needed. And then in uh, one hour, two hours, it went viral. And in three, like now it's been Uh, five days or uh, something like that and there's uh, almost 5,000 uh, signatures and I've been reading also all the comments and I realized the fear is real uh, most of the comments are parents saying every day I'm scared to drop my child at school I think it's not normal that we feel that it's not for nothing there's a reason we feel this I, I don't think it's an irrational fears, fear because I feel like uh, Things happened in Europe, in the States, and there's a reason why we feel that fear and we should act on it. Day to day, are you staying away from Jewish businesses? Are you going to shul more? I don't know. What are you doing? 
I don't go off into shul, but I had to go actually yesterday. And uh, obviously, whenever I enter to the to a shul, I have a thought, uh, I have a reflex to watch where the where where do we go out? How many guards are there? Yeah, I I really. You're looking for the exit. I'm looking for the exit. I'm looking for. Uh, we we have to say that we are post traumatic of what happened one month ago. We're still in the in the trauma. So it's normal to feel that. The October 7 trauma, the, all the information we had, all the images we saw, so it's normal to feel that trauma. But it's not only a trauma because of the shootings. It's not only a trauma, there was acts that were done. You grew up in France, but you did your university and high school in Montreal? Uh, yeah, it's just uh, secondary five, sec five in a, in a Jewish school. Do you want to say which one? Maimonid. Oh, you went to Maimonid. And yes. then where did you go to university? Uh, and then CJEP uh, Brebeuf. And then the uh, University of Montreal. And I'm actually happy I don't have to be in the university in these years. I'm really grateful that it's all behind me. I'm grateful that my boss is Jewish. This really all... It's sad, but uh, I feel like we need this to feel protected, to feel uh, de la bienveillance uh, towards us. And uh, yeah, it's sad that we have to fight for our, our safety it's, and, and to like scream to the world, we're not safe, people are targeting us, help us. It's even sad that I had to do this petition. These are my challahs, yeah? Six challahs and one big challah in a plastic. Back at the Kosher Quality Bakery, I picked up two braided challahs from Mrs. Klein behind the counter. They were for my sister's Shabbat table that evening. Before I made my way towards the cash, I asked Mrs. Klein what she hopes the future for Montreal's Jews might look like. We hope it's going to end well and soon. What do you want done by the authorities, by police? They are doing my community, which I live in Ultramar. You see police car in front of many, many synagogues. They're, they're, they're doing it. They have the lights on. So it's, I feel they're doing it. They're doing but do you want to live like that? No, so that's why I say I hope it ends soon well. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this extended episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia, integrity, community, quality, and customer care. If you have any ties to the Montreal Jewish community or you want to comment on this episode, write to us at ebesner at thecjn.ca. Thanks for listening to the CJN Daily, and we'll be back on Monday. The Dunfield Retirement Residence offers customized living options to complement your independent, active lifestyle. Welcome home. Welcome to the Dunfield. Visit us at thedunfield.com to book a personal tour.